Hey there, guys. It's Pete Mundo, and we are HeartlandCollegeSports.com as we get you set to recap Week 8 across the Big 12. Let's get you going here. We are on Periscope. We are also on Facebook Live. This will be up on our podcast as well and YouTube. On the podcast, please leave us that rating, review, subscribe. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and we will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail if you leave us that rating and review and send us a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We're also brought to you by mybookie.ag. When you use the promo code BIG12, BIG12, you get a 100% sign-up bonus with a minimum deposit of 45 bucks. I've been placing my bets there this season. It has not gone too well, but we did okay yesterday. I'll get into those picks uh, coming up here shortly. But mybookie.ag, promo code BIG12 for a 100% sign-up bonus. Uh, have loved using those guys and working with those guys over at MyBookie. All right, a full slate of games in the Big 12 this weekend. We're going to go in order. So I'm just going to go from the early kickoffs all the way to the late kickoff in the Texas game, and we'll go game by game here over the next you know, 20, 30 minutes or so. Let's start off with OU and West Virginia. And by the way, since we're on Facebook Live and we're on Periscope, any comments or questions, feel free to throw them in there, and I will get to them uh, when I can. OU Texas, excuse me, OU West Virginia, OU Texas last week. Um, No hangover for OU from that Texas game. Texas, on the other hand, had itself a bit of a hangover. We'll get to that coming up later on. But no hangover for OU. The Jalen Hurts-Heisman campaign continues to pick up steam. Look at these numbers for Jalen Hurts yesterday. 16 of 17, which, by the way, his one incompletion was to Drake Stoops, and that's Bob Stoops' son. And Drake Stoops, he'll tell you he should have caught that ball. So Jalen Hurts should have been 17-17 to yesterday for like 320 yards, three touchdown passes, zero interceptions, 10 carries, 75 yards, a team high again, and two touchdown runs. Um, (laughs) If you are a quarterback in this country in high school, how do you not want to go play at OU right now? Unless it's because you think Lincoln Riley might be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. How are you not banging down uh, uh, Lincoln Riley's door to get a, a quarterback scholarship offer from OU? It's unbelievable what this guy does because, you know, Jalen Hurts is a good runner. He's more of a physical runner than Kyler Murray was, who was more of a, you know, get the edge kind of guy, get out of bounds, pick up five, six yards when things break down. Mayfield could run, but not really a running quarterback. Jalen Hurts is like a running back playing quarterback. He's not as good as those other two guys um, at the quarterback position, but Riley has tweaked the offense to suit Jalen Hurts' strength, and the offense has not missed a beat. It's unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. So very impressive job there by Jalen Hurts. For West Virginia, it got a little hairy. It really got embarrassing. After that block punt in the end zone, got recovered for a touchdown by the Sooners. Uh, that's when it crossed the line of being just a bad game to being an embarrassing game for the Mountaineers. And Neil Brown said after the game, quote, we had to force turnovers and minimize explosive plays, and we did not do it. And that's what I said last week. You know, West Virginia's got to force some turnovers against OU that OU has not really been accustomed to this year. And they have to limit the explosive plays. Let OU get 5, 10 yards, but don't let them have those 40, 50, 60-yard bombs to the Rambos and the CD Lambs of the world. And 
They couldn't do it. Um, you know, West Virginia got worn down. Its offense didn't help them at all. Uh, Austin Kendall looked incredibly mediocre. And I thought it was interesting yesterday when Austin Kendall, before the game, had a chance. Oh, boy. did did Hold on one second. My dog just walked in the room. Let me go move him. Get out of here, buddy. Hold on. He just walked in the room. I thought it was interesting yesterday when Austin Kendall had a chance. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, getting all thrown off here. Got the dog in the room, and he just waltzed right in. Uh, when Austin Kendall and <laughs> – my apologies. Austin Kendall and uh, Lincoln Riley before the game had a chance to visit, and Kendall did not really look all that happy to see him, which was surprising to me. I, I thought it was a little harsh. I thought it was a uh, – <laughs> someone says, let the dog join the broadcast. Trust me, you do not want the dog joining in this broadcast. I promise you about that. You want no part of my seven-year-old Havanese joining this broadcast. No way. Um, but I didn't think Austin Kendall looked very good. I don't know how much of that was just his bum chest injury from last week against uh, – uh, uh, Iowa State, but he did not look good. And you know what? Austin Kendall screwed me on the spread. I took West Virginia plus 34 late in that game. He had a wide open uh, Letty Brown on the right side. He would have walked in for a touchdown. It was a five-yard pass on the outside on the right, and he couldn't hit it. He could not hit a five-yard pass in the flat to the right, and it cost me the spread in that West Virginia OU game. So, Austin Kendall and I are not exactly seeing eye to eye right now, but uh, that's okay. I do think he's banged up. And you know what? If if Neil Brown wants to give some of the other quarterbacks on that roster a shot, I'm not going to complain. The season at this point is about building for 2020 and beyond, and that's exactly uh, that's exactly what he should be thinking about. What is best for this team in 2020 and 2021? And if that's not Austin Kendall at quarterback, so be it, because this is uh, – I don't want to say it's a lost season for the Mountaineers. They can still reach a bowl game, but it shouldn't be about this year for Neil Brown. And, and Neil Brown is going to be fine, but yesterday was absolutely ugly for West Virginia. Uh, also, on the Texas Tech-Iowa State game, let's get to that. Sorry, we have some questions rolling in here. Daniel writes on Facebook Live, kickoff time for K-State KU. We don't know yet, Daniel. We will have those answers tomorrow. We'll find out what time the, I guess that would be week 10 games kickoff. So we'll look into that tomorrow for you here at heartlandcollegesports.com. All right, Texas Tech, Iowa State. Uh, Brocktober. Brocktober continues. Iowa State is 10-0 in its last three Octobers. Brees Hall, 19 carries, 183 yards, two touchdowns. You know who's becoming an X-Factor, by the way? I mean, he, he has been this, but he really stood out yesterday. Tight end Charlie Kohler, three catches, 79 yards, two great touchdown grabs. One of those touchdown grabs in the corner of the end zone. I mean, Brock Purdy put that where only Kohler could get it. It was like six inches over the outstretched arm of the Texas Tech uh, defensive back. Beautiful pass, beautiful catch. And Iowa State, there's no doubt there's a, they're a top 25 team. I don't know if they'll be ranked when the rankings come out today, but this is a top 25 team. Not only that, I think it's a top 15, 20 team in the country. Um, they will be back there before long. Look at this. You want a stat for Iowa State. Since being down 20 to nothing against Baylor a few weeks ago, Iowa State has outscored its Big 12 opponents. That'd be Baylor, TCU, and Texas Tech. Has outscored those opponents 
107-41 since being down 20 to nothing to Baylor. I mean, that is so darn impressive what Matt Campbell just seems to do when the calendar flips to October. It's unbelievable. Or Brocktober, as the Iowa State fan base likes to call it. So, uh, great, great win on the road for Iowa State. I was nervous for Iowa State in this game because, honestly, you go to West Virginia, then you go to Lubbock. Not that either team is outstanding. They're not. But that is a tough turnaround back-to-back road trip to have to make. You are going on the road to the you know most desolate part of the Big 12 in Morgantown, and then you're going to the second most desolate part in the Big 12 in Lubbock. And that's why I wondered if these two teams would get off to a bit of a shaky start, and it didn't happen for Iowa State. Now, Texas Tech got itself back in this game, and one thing that continues to impress me uh, about Matt Wells and his staff and his guys is they do not quit. They do not quit at all. And they keep fighting. They keep grinding. They got back in that game yesterday. Even though, you know, they were down 10 points at one point, it didn't feel like it was all that close of a game. But they never rolled over. Matt Wells' players have never rolled over for him when it was when Alan Bowman was out. They didn't roll over then. Uh, They didn't roll over yesterday when they got down big against Iowa State. It was a very impressive game. job by the Texas Tech team to at least will itself back in. Now, it's just not a a great team. It's not, and I think Texas Tech had a bit of a hangover from that Baylor loss, still frustrated by the ending in that game. But uh, this is a team that's not going to be an easy out for anybody in the Big 12 this year. You know, uh, this is a team that is going to play pretty solid defense. Now, they did not early on yesterday. They got it going as the game went on. They're going to play pretty solid defense. And Jet Duffy, you know, I knocked Jet Duffy when he took over from the injured Alan Bowman, but he's proven me wrong a little bit. And, and the running game's actually coming along as well. So uh, the, the, there are reasons to be optimistic for Tech over the long term. Once again, it's not about this year. If this team can get to a bowl game this year, that'd be great. It's really about the long term. But Iowa State is is a well-oiled machine right now. They've got Oklahoma State next week, and we'll get to Oklahoma State because it's not a good situation right now there in Stillwater. But uh, if I was a Pokes fan, I would not be looking forward to this road trip in uh, in Ames next weekend because it's going to be quite a scene. All right, Kansas State and TCU. Let's talk about that game here for a second. Um, this game came down to, to me, a veteran quarterback versus a true freshman quarterback. That's what the K-State TCU game came down to. You had a veteran quarterback in Skylar Thompson for the Wildcats who just made an extra play or two, and Max Duggan could not do that for the Horned Frogs. Now, Max Duggan, I think, is going to be a good quarterback in Fort Worth. Um, and he's, he's okay right now, but he's clearly a freshman that was very evident as this game was being played out and as the past few weeks have been played out. And TCU is going to have to live with those lumps. You're going to have to live with the freshman lumps with Max Duggan because that's part of what you're getting. So Skylar Thompson yesterday finishes 11-23, 172 passing yards, two touchdowns. But just as important, 10 carries for 68 yards and the go-ahead score uh, at the end of that game. He had the huge run on the final drive that set up the touchdown, and that was a beautiful final drive by K-State. They burnt like five, six minutes off the clock uh, after the big run by Thompson that set him up. If it wasn't in the red zone, it was pretty darn close to the red zone, 
and that gave TCU like two and a half minutes to work with. They had the turnover on downs. They could not score, and Kansas State ends up winning that game against TCU in impressive fashion. So you think about this game, and I think of a couple things. Obviously, the quarterback difference. Also, Malik Knowles, been dealing with some injuries, wide receiver for Kansas State. He's a difference maker for this team. He comes in in the second half. He has three catches for 48 yards. He can extend the field, something that no one else in that wide receiver core can do right now for K-State. Now, maybe guys, uh, there might be guys capable of doing it. Chabaston Taylor is a guy that I continue to wonder uh, what his deal is. He's got the physical gifts, but he just not has had any type of consistency the last couple of years with this program. Malik Knowles is a difference maker. And while I don't think he changes the outlook of the season, he certainly is somebody who at least expands the field for Skylar Thompson and that offense and can make a difference down the field. He did that yesterday, and I hope that he can stay healthy and stay on the field because it really does change things for Kansas State here moving forward. Um, On the flip side, Jalen Rager was more involved for TCU. Eight catches, one carry, but this TCU offense still feels like it's out of sorts. It still feels like it's just got a screw or two loose on it. Part of that, yes, may be having a true freshman quarterback, but something about Sonny Cumbie, it just does not feel as innovative as it used to with him as the offensive coordinator. And I can't figure out why. It just it, It's lost a beat. It's lost a step. It's lost some creativity. And that's not good for TCU. Uh, Max Duggan finished 16-29 for 132 yards, 13 carries, 115 yards, and one touchdown. And he had that huge touchdown run, by the way. Uh, Awesome job by Max Duggan. That was one of the best plays in college football this year. If you haven't seen it, it's up on our Twitter account, at Heartland underscore CS. But just a great 60-something yard touchdown run by Max Duggan. So he's got some wheels. But if you're a TCU fan... I'm going to share some numbers with you that you're going to be disappointed in. Uh, TCU was better than Kansas State on third downs. They had 100 more total yards of offense. They had 5.7 yards per carry compared to 2.8 for TCU. No turnovers. Fewer penalties. You won the time of possession. And you don't win the game. Think about that. And by the way, when I said yards per carry, that was obviously 5.7 to 2.8 in favor of TCU over K-State. Better on third downs, 100 total yards of offense more, better yards per carry, no turnovers, fewer penalties, win the time of possession, and you don't win the game. Gary Patterson is going to be livid over that. I mean, those are exactly the things you need to do to win football games. You do every one of those things, and you don't win. I know you're on the road. I know this team is on the younger side, but that is horrible. That is horrible for TCU, and that's frustrating right now for this program. It's very frustrating for this TCU Horned Frogs program. So, uh, you know, there's some things to work out in in Fort Worth. I'm just adjusting the camera here for you on Facebook Live. Apologize for that. And, uh, you know, you got to be frustrated right now. If you're Gary Patterson, you just have to be. All right, so let's now get to the what I think was the game of the weekend. That is Oklahoma State and Baylor. And here's the deal right now. Uh, this Baylor team is for real. All right, Joel just asked this on Facebook Live. Is Baylor the real deal, and is Matt Rule going to stick around? The second part of that is much more up in the air. But this turnaround 
by Matt Rule with Baylor cannot be understated. This team was dealing with a massive, controversial, huge, huge blow-up at a university level three years ago. And here they are headed for a top 15 ranking. They're 7-0. and It's not smoke and mirrors. It's with good defense, by the way. When have we said that about Waco? It's with strong defense. It's also with a very uh, efficient offense. Charlie Brewer yesterday. Look at these numbers for Charlie Brewer. I have them in front of me here. I just got to find them. Charlie Brewer averaged 18 yards per completion yesterday. I mean, that is wildly efficient. That is a heck of a game for Charlie Brewer going on the road to Stillwater for homecoming weekend and winning outright. Um, I picked Baylor in this game, plus four. I did think Oklahoma State would win a close game, but I thought Baylor could cover this spread. And yesterday showed exactly why they not just are a team that can win games like this. They can be a team that's going to be uh, hard to deal with for Texas going on the road to Waco next month. OU, I'm, I'm not going to say anybody can beat OU right now based on what I've seen. But this is a Baylor team that can very well find itself in a Big 12 championship game come early December. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, let's talk about this game, though, with Oklahoma State losing at home to Baylor. The final score, not indicative of how this game went. It really turned when Oklahoma State was trailing by four points in the fourth quarter. Baylor stripped Spencer Sanders, scooped it up for a touchdown. That turned the game upside down. And then, of course, Michael Hasty caps it off with a uh, long touchdown run of his own. Now, the question for Oklahoma State, what is Spencer Sanders? And I'd be curious to hear from Oklahoma State fans. Jared right now writes on Facebook Live, uh, I feel like our bull streak is on extremely thin ice right now. I, I understand. I mean, the middle of the pack in the Big 12, you can make an argument for how each team or at least each program is improving. The Iowa States of the world, the Baylors of the world, the Kansas States of the world, even though I know Oklahoma State beat them. But I'm just saying you can make the, pro, the, the argument for those teams getting better. You have a hard time making that right now for Oklahoma State. You have a very difficult time doing it. What is Spencer Sanders? Baylor did a great job containing him on the ground. He had 14 carries for 31 yards. He was mediocre through the air. He had three turnovers, one interception, lost two fumbles. Uh, you know, he's a redshirt freshman. I get that. But, man, he's, he's just he's not protecting the ball, and that's the number one thing you have to do when you're a young quarterback who's still trying to work some things out. At least protect the ball. The end of that first half was terrible. Oklahoma State's up, what, a, a field goal? They got a chance to put points on the board. They're inside the 10-yard line, and Sanders throws an interception. I, that is a horrible turnover. It killed the momentum for Oklahoma State, and I think it damaged them the rest of that game. Even though they came out early in the second half and scored a touchdown and went up by 10, that end of the first half, you left points on the board, and that cannot happen. Uh, to Baylor's credit, Baylor's down 10 points in the third quarter on the road, Stillwater homecoming, and they score two straight touchdowns on, on a couple of huge plays, by the way. I think it was Tyquan Thornton and Josh Fleeks that had two big plays on those two drives. Enormous, enormous uh, 
you know, change of events there on behalf of Baylor. And that's a team that's, you know, been through it before. A lot of these guys were on that team that won a single game two years ago. They've learned from that. And now they have the confidence to be down double digits on the road in a conference game and come back and win. You can't say enough about what this Baylor team has done, not just yesterday, but this year in general. They had lost 12 of 13 games in Stillwater. Um, and I know that a lot of these guys were not around for all of those losses, you know, but they were around a couple of years ago for a 59-16 loss. They were around for that, and they remembered that. And Charlie Brewer, you know, Jamichael Hasty had himself a day, 16 carries, 146 yards, two scores. Baylor is a team right now that is running the ball well and is playing good defense. Even without Clay Johnston, who got injured, their defensive linebacking leader, um, who got blown out for the season last week. 224 team rushing yards and great defense. When is the last time you said that about a Baylor team? This is not Art Bryles' Baylor Bears. This is Matt Rule doing a hell of a job building a program from scratch when he knows he's not the top-tier team and top-tier program in the state or in the region. And my, oh, my, does Matt Rule hang around? I have no idea. I have no idea. And that's going to be the scariest part of this whole thing right now if you are a uh, Baylor Bears fan. Now, just enjoy the season. Don't worry about that at this point in time. But I understand why you would because there's serious reason to be concerned uh, based on what Matt Rule is doing. And he's getting a heck of a lot more national attention. And he already had two NFL coaching interviews the last couple of off seasons. So uh, just, just absolutely fantastic job by this Baylor team. And Oklahoma State as well. Part of what I don't get is what Sean Gleason's doing and Mike Gundy's doing on the play calling. The conservative play calling on that last drive um, – when Oklahoma State was was down late, they were down two scores late. You have a fourth and four, and you let Spencer Sanders throw, uh, you know, a downfield pass on a fourth and four. Why? Spencer Tillman was talking about how that's on Spencer Sanders. Spencer Tillman was calling the game with Tim Brando. What about the play call? You go conservative, and then it's fourth and four, and you have Spencer Sanders throw the ball downfield. The guy does not have great downfield accuracy. He doesn't have it. Tim Brando pushed back a little bit on that, but I don't know why Spencer Tillman's getting on Spencer Sanders. The guy's a redshirt freshman. His coaches are supposed to put him in a position to win and a position to succeed. And I did not feel like that happened on that last drive, and it did not happen a lot throughout that game. I'm sorry, it just didn't. Um, So Baylor won the turnover battle. They had fewer penalties, higher yards per carry. And you want to be concerned if you're an Oklahoma State fan? How about this? OSU is 7-6 and six as a home favorite the last three seasons. 48-6 and six as a home favorite from 2005 to 2016. That's not good. That is not good at all. I'm Pete Mundo. We're heartlandcollegesports.com recapping week eight in the Big 12. And uh, we're brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use the promo code BIG12 for a 100% sign-up bonus. And you know what? They're helping us out. And hopefully you can enjoy them as well. We're placing our Big 12 picks there. Now to Texas, Kansas. What the heck happened there, huh? Texas is just so banged up, especially in the secondary. They had a hangover from their loss to OU. But guess what? Dicker, the kicker, will never let you down. If you told Cameron Dicker, the kicker for Texas, that your next game-winning kick after you beat OU last year in the regular season would be against KU next year, he'd be like, oh boy, what happened? 
Well, what happened was Brent Deerman is the new offensive coordinator for KU. He threw a lot of things in there that obviously people had not seen on tape from the Jayhawks. You were going up against a banged-up defense that was hungover coming off of the OU loss, and you almost pulled off the biggest upset of the year in the Big 12. Uh, Sam Ellinger saved this team 399 passing yards, four touchdowns, ran for 91, had six completions on that final drive, and he bailed them out. Now, the problem is Sam Ellinger may have to bail this team out too many times this year for it to reach, um, you know, the level that it wants to get to, which is not just getting to a Big 12 championship, but winning one. But this team's got to get healthy. I mean, Sam Ellinger's a great quarterback. You know, Texas, it's weird. Texas finally has its quarterback for the first time in a decade. And uh, at least this year right now, it's not all fitting in around him. I understand they only have two losses to two top 10 teams in LSU and OU. But it just feels like this team is is right now hitting a lull, largely driven by the injuries. But I promise you, Sam Ellinger cannot win every game for this team. It just can't happen. For KU, you love everything about this game and the loss. Brent Deerman comes in as offensive coordinator after they fire Les Koenig a couple of weeks ago. Brett Deerman out of NAIA Bethel University, where he had the top offense in America last year, drew up some big plays. Carter Stanley looked like a semi-competent quarterback, 310 passing yards, four touchdowns, and Puka Williams had his best game of the year, 190 rushing yards for him and a couple of scores. Now, once Malcolm Roach came back in that game for Texas in the second half because he was suspended for the targeting penalty last week against OU, so he was out the first half this week, he comes back in the second half, he slowed down Puka Williams. But uh, if you're KU, I mean, I know it's a loss, but how are you mad at this at this loss and how this game played out? Sure, you wish the defense held its own on that final drive, but you got to be happy. I mean, you got to be happy if you're a, if you're a KU fan, right? Now the kicker Liam Jones, he had a roller coaster night. He kicked two field goals. Uh, he also missed one. Had another one blocked. Had an extra point blocked in the fourth quarter had uh, three kickoffs out of bounds. But you know what? If you're KU, you don't worry about the kicker. If you're Iowa State and you can win a Big 12 championship game or a Big 12 cha- at least get to a Big 12 championship, you worry about the fact that your kicking game is useless. But not if you're KU. That is very much in the background right now uh, for this team. So Texas picks up a win. And, and my goodness gracious, a, if Texas had lost this game, Boy, I'm not saying they would have been calling for Tom Herman because he's still got this team in a great position, but that would have been a major setback for this program. Now, on Facebook Live, Terrence writes, Texas's backups will be starters on eight other Big 12 teams. Let's not have injuries as an excuse. I, you know, Terrence, I don't think it's it's excuses, but it's guys who are not used to being in the game just yet, right? They're not guys that are used to playing week in, week out, seeing those live bullets, and they saw them. They saw him, and, and it didn't work out too well for him. And they also were going up against an offense that nobody had seen. You know, I mean, no one knew what Brett Dearman was going to bring, and he brought some interesting stuff. So any other comments, questions, throw them right now up on our uh, Periscope Facebook Live as well. We're taking them from you. A lot of comments here on Periscope about Les Miles being a great coach. I'm not still totally bought into Les Miles turning this thing around over the long term, but how are you not encouraged by what you saw yesterday against Texas and the fact that Miles had the had the stones to fire Les Koenig and bring in the young guy who's only coached at the NAIA level before being here at KU and that's not an easy thing to do 
and Miles had the ability and the uh, will to do it. And so far, it looks like it's paying off, and he deserves credit for that. So great slate of Big 12 games here this past weekend. Got off to a slow start with OU West Virginia. And then Texas Tech, Iowa State, you know, was somewhat close, but it didn't feel all that close. K-State TCU comes down to the final drive. Oklahoma State Baylor comes down to the final couple of minutes. And then you've got Texas and KU coming down to the final couple of minutes. So really good slate of games and looking forward to doing it again next week. Once again, please check us out on the podcast. Midweek, we have podcasts that are only released either, uh, that are only released wherever you get your podcasts. We don't do those on Facebook Live or Periscope. So go subscribe to our podcast. I'm Pete Mundo. We are heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. If you're on the podcast, leave us a rating and review. Send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you a free Big 12 koozie in the mail, a Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail, when you send me a screenshot of that rating and review. And we are brought to you by mybookie.ag. Um, promo code BIG12, BIG12, for a 100% sign-up bonus. Carter writes on Facebook, uh, who do you think is the current frontrunner for the number two spot in the Big 12? It's got to be Baylor. Baylor is undefeated um, in the Big 12 right now. They have Texas coming to them next month. And they already have the head-to-head against Iowa State. It's got to be Baylor. Uh, no doubt in my mind at this point that Baylor is the team that's that's best suited for that number two spot right now in the Big 12 Conference. Have a great week, guys. Appreciate you joining us. Follow us on Facebook, on um, Twitter, on Instagram. We're in all of those places. And we'll talk to you on our podcast, Middle of the Week. I'm Pete Mundo. We're HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks so much, guys.